Alright folks, here we go. It's our kids asleep. Welcome. One and all. He's Jaime. I'm Maddie. <laughs> Welcome to Our Kids Asleep. Okay, we got our uh <laughs> we got our start. To too many podcasts. Yeah. God, that's sorry. I was looking at the volume here. Was um, it really loud? No, no, we're good. We're good now. Um I totally killed the momentum. That was really good though. <laughs> that was great. I had a brain dead moment where I just didn't know where to go from the monitor but uh, how's your week how's everything it's going it's going she's making fun of me because i look like michael jackson i decided to try my my glove it's wearing one glove i'm wearing one glove as i'm as i hold my microphone thinking um, it's gonna cause less i thought it might create less fi- friction um because we're doing the pete holmes model where, <laughs> where we, we, we just, just hold. hold the microphones on <laughs> couches yeah uh pray for us we'll see what happens i'll try to <laughs> Keep it brief. So what are we going to talk about? Maddie's got the list ready to go. Um, we'll just get some of the smaller topics out of the way. Um, so this week, uh, the last remnants of the midterms ended. Um, Georgia had a runoff election um, for their Senate, one of their Senate seats. Um, Senator incumbent Raphael Warnock was running against his um, Trump-endorsed opponent, Herschel Walker. Mm. Um, And uh, (laughs) Senator (laughs) Warnock eked out a win, a very narrow win, um, over Herschel Walker. So that um, is not... uh, That's just another kind of notch on the number of congress seats that uh like trump endorsed um candidates that did not get elected right and that's something to look forward to in the future because i think his political clout is fading so that's remarkable to to hear i mean i don't know if if there's been issues with gerrymandering in in georgia or if that helped them in any way but i mean i think it's pretty remarkable that they have any democratic representation yeah i mean that's that's impressive they fought the good fight and they came out on top so i mean they may not have uh, gotten the governor but i mean re-electing warnock was pretty i mean despite the margin being mm -hmm. extremely narrow which is why they're in a runoff to begin with right um yeah so check this out the numbers uh and now it's 99 percent coming in for Warnock, it was 1,816,096. And for Herschel Walker, it was 1,719,483. That's. Oh, man. That is razor thin, razor dude. Razor thin. But I think that's the power of people turning up. And we kind of talked about this last time that a lot of folks are counting on younger generations not showing up and, and people getting complacent. You mean Republicans? Well, or just yeah, anybody yeah. like. Well, hope the Democrats hopefully uh, will will try to keep people, you know, 
yeah, alive I mean, and well. A and, lot of and people were crediting Gen Z with showing up. Yeah. And that's the reason there was no red wave. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the red wave was mildly exaggerated. I well, mean, only they, because that had been the precedent before. I mean, they were going off how things had gone before. And yeah. it just didn't. It didn't work out that way. Yeah. And 2016 really did prove that everything went out the window in terms of, of trying to diagnose what's coming or yeah. anticipate because I mean, the numbers always lie. I mean, these... Well, uh, I don't think in the past polls. they had. I think they had been more accurate in the past. Mm. But I think Trump's uh, influence has been like you said, greatly reduced to the point that it did not deliver this time. Um, At least in terms of like what Republicans and independents decided to support. They didn't want the extreme candidates that Trump was endorsing. They wanted, uh, you know, not, not, I guess they're ready for change. I mean, those folks are fed up with them too. I think what they're fed up with is extremism. I think what they want is boring so yeah, they, but they but this is the thing. Boring is the Trojan horse of the Republican Party. They're going to get somebody who seems tame and mild-mannered, yeah, of course. like the DeSantis approach, yeah. but he's still going to be putting out that legislate legislation that's going to be problematic and and uh it's going to affect a crap ton of people. So, yeah, I mean it it's just a different strategy, not as bombastic but still to the same aims. Yeah. But the damage is done, I think, uh, with with Trump. He, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are saying that and counting him out already. I think it's too early. Well, I still can't believe that he's running for president. I mean, I that's something that I am baffled at. Um, but I shouldn't be surprised because he's just looking to get out of prison time. Well, that's, now that his company has been convicted of um, tax fraud. mm um, on all 17 accounts. Really? All 17 counts of... I didn't see um, that today. Yeah, no, that dizzy, was... I think, it, I think it was yesterday, actually, that um, his company was found... I'm trying to remember exactly what the charges were, but it had something to do with, um, like, the top people in that company... Signing off on um, certain members of the company mm. uh, getting like I'm looking it up now like to breaks see what on the their taxes is. or something like there's something where oh. they were misreporting their tax stuff mm. and so and like to the point where like Trump himself had like signed off on some of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So there, there. I think there's um, taking a look questions on my phone. about like whether he can actually run, having been like having his company convicted because he personally was not convicted of a crime. It was his com- his company. So that's it's a different. You know what I mean? Like it's not clear. Yeah, for sure, but it hasn't stopped him before. I mean, the amount of allegations and turmoil legally around him is is a mountain already, and that has not stopped him from winning the presidency even, even though there's yeah, been allegations. Yeah, but this but, is, 
This is different. Is this a different? I mean, this is a full blown. Someone is going to prison, and well, getting his... and his company is getting fined like millions of dollars. Yeah, what well, Cohen went to prison yeah. for him. So it's it's like we get hyped about no, this, I, like I the next thing. I He's mean, going down this time, and he just keeps coming back up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to de- deter him from running or if he's just going to use it as kindling, you know, to get people <laughs> that to somebody, get sympathy. Yeah, the state is against him again. Yeah, because, you know, he was saying, like, the the, the trial was politically motivated and and yeah. all that. But um, Well, these alarmist uh, headlines, of course, it's hard to parse through what's what the actual situation is because you get headlines like fraud trial conviction could be death knell for trump organization death knell for whom for the organization altogether or for him the name i don't think the brand's going anywhere but they might have to pivot away from being political front runners to you know yeah yeah but i'm gonna do a little bit of research because i'm a little bit behind the times right now uh, the conviction of tr- two Trump organizations companies for tax fraud and other crimes could prove insurmountable for former President Donald Trump's hotel and real estate businesses. Uh, what happened here? Am I going to get paywalled? The <laughs> verdict handed down on Tuesday found the two companies, the Trump Corporation and Trump Payroll Corporation, guilty on all 17 criminal counts. Although the Trump organization could face up to $1.6 million in fines, legal experts said the penalty is negligible compared with the potential impact of collateral consequences, especially for a business that relies on banks and insurers to operate its hotels, golf courses, and other properties. So they are focusing on the aftermath of this decision and how the, I guess, the business relationships will will be affected. Will they even be able to run the businesses right. anymore? Um, but that's a lot of cheese, man. That's <clears throat> yeah. It's a bit of money. Uh, $1.6 million in legal fines. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you make of this? I don't know. I think... Um, <sighs> I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's going to make any difference in terms of... Um, his political future because it just doesn't seem like <clears throat> regardless of what he does or what his companies do or anything yeah. like he he still has supporters in all corners of this country so yeah but we had talked about this i i think that we are coming to a point in time when trump is almost redefining himself and this was before the the criminal charges here that that just came out today I think he was trying to be more subdued and more presidential so that he could appeal to larger people. And that's an indicator that he knows his crowd is not enough. He knows that he will need to, I guess, become more subdued, more, I guess, professional looking. Well, less, and more broadly appealing. More bro- That's what I'm looking for. More yeah. broadly appealing to get the point across. And I think that in previous years there would have been more of an uh, upswell for for him and, and well for for the party that's not in power that's the trend yeah. is when the the party is not in power after general election 
there is a uh, pendulum swing mm. in Congress in the midterms. That's how it's it's been the last few cycles. Um, and this uh, this time around, that wasn't the case. This is the anomaly for yeah. sure. So anyway, you know the Georgia thing that sort of ended the midterms, um, and the Senate will maintain. Uh, a democratic majority. I mean, it's a narrow majority. I'm not sure how much they're actually going to get done. Um, and I think the House went in favor of Republicans this time uh, by a little bit. Not not a lot, but... Um, and so they will have... Uh, I'm trying to think who the House... Ma- uh, majority leader is now. I guess it's the Speaker of the House. Mm. Is it Kevin McCarthy? My phone isn't loading. We live out in the sticks, so uh, I apologize. Republicans have won the House, regaining control of the chamber for the first time since 2018. So you got 221 GOP and 213 Dems. Yeah, it's a pretty narrow um, majority there, too. Did Phoebe go to the bathroom? It smells in here. Just now? Is it her food? It's probably the food. Why are we doing this <laughs> when the food is just wafting all the way over here? Um, wow. Okay. So Sorry, I, go ahead. I think uh, Kevin McCarthy is now the House majority, the Speaker of the House. And um, they just, uh, Nancy Pelosi stepped down. And now Hakeem Jeffries is uh, House Minority Leader. Mm. You're the first uh, African-American to do that. To well, that's the, cool. The party. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, anyway, that's politics. It's over. Now Listen, we just have we, to. What we're going to do is we're going to check out some of these news over the weekend and come back to you next week with a bit more detail and nuanced opinion on this situation because there's a lot of moving parts right now. And uh, I just, it feels like I just got off work. And I'm like, I don't know where I am right now. And for us to start into this, I'm like, listen, we got Georgia. That's all that matters. Yeah. Okay. There's some silver linings happening right now. Um, But we'll come back to you. (laughs) What's the next one? Um... I guess we could talk about the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, just to get it out of the way. Um, um, yeah, today uh, it was announced that Matt Lucas will be leaving the show. <clears throat> and they have not replaced him yet. Dude, I didn't know that many people were not fond of Matt. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that you weren't so fond of Matt either. Yeah. So I you'll mean, have it's... to tell me what's going on because I'm just aloof. I, I thought he was okay. I thought he was, he was fine. fine. I don't know. It's, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't, he wasn't my favorite host. And I thought it was funny that we had like just talked about that. And then the next day he announced <laughs> he was leaving. Um, There's a bit of karma there. I don't know what you did or maybe yeah. you spoke to the universe. No, I don't know. I think, um, I don't think he was uh, a very popular host just in general, but I, a lot of people complain about the hosts saying that they like distract the t- contestants and they're just there to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's the fun of the show. Yeah. But I, I think that people get really serious about the competition 
overly serious more so than the contestants who also need a laugh they need a moment of release because they're in a very stressful situation yeah but yeah i don't know i think maybe i just i just prefer noel fielding but um, yeah who are the first hosts mel and sue they were amazing. Yeah, I they thought were they awesome. were they were really the the high bar. And I liked Sandy a lot. Sandy was great. Um, Sandy and Noel were pretty Sandy damn and good Noel, too. Yeah, they were good together. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So I mean, next season, uh, it'll we'll be see a new, what it brings. Yeah, it'll bring a new host. Noel will be doing double duty. Maybe he could be Noel and old Greg. That would be <laughs> pretty amazing if he did that. Yeah. I was but. trying to think, like Matt Barry, he's too famous. He's to, too, yeah, to be that yeah. that role, but that would be really fun. That'd be pretty fun. Only if he does it as like uh, Jackie I mean, Daytona <laughs> from I mean, What We Do in the Shadows. Thinking that uh, that they're too distracting. I mean, Matt Barry would be just be, out of yeah, control. Yeah, just be too much. Yeah, it'd be too much. Um, but I don't know. What did you think of the season? While we're talking about Great British Baking Show, uh, we saw the season. You watched more of it than I did because I was working and doing other stuff. But what was your take on this season versus previous versions? I thought this season was fine. I think um, people like get their their knickers in a bunch when they do um, challenges that like aren't baking challenges. Like they had like a taco challenge. Like that was a big one. That was Mexican week. Like people lost their goddamn minds about. Yeah, that was pretty um, intense. Yeah, and then there's just like I don't know. People don't like it when they have to do like a meal instead of like a bake. You know, and I'm like, well, they had to make the fucking tortillas. That's not easy. (laughs) You know, that's baking. I don't know. People. I think it's chill out. You know, it, it wasn't the best idea. I mean, I understand where they were coming from with the challenge of let's do something that's out of left field for British people who don't yeah. even know what Mexican food is. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's a tortilla? Yeah. Like, but to the it, very extreme. But I applaud them because they were trying. You know, they're really yeah. giving it their best. I don't know. I think people are just overly sensitive. But like... You know, it was kind of funny. Like, they didn't know what guacamole was. They didn't, yeah, they're you know, just, like, like mashing like, it. And, what's and, an avocado? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was, so that was kind of funny from, like, an American perspective. I don't know. And Brenda, my sister, found it enjoyable, too. Like, you talked to her about it, yeah, too, she right? Was like, she was it like, it was hilarious. Yeah. It was adorable. They didn't know what anything was. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think, like, I understand where people come from where, like, maybe it's insensitive or culturally you know whatever noel and matt wearing sombreros but like i don't know man it's not the intention is never malignant so you know i don't i didn't feel that way and and listen i mean you can tell when somebody is purposefully attacking a culture Mm -hmm. or belittling a culture but i think in in that respect i mean the show is so benign yeah there really that's one of the shows where where it's like like when they started going after i was like really you're going after the great british baking show like that you kanye didn't say anything insulting this week you have to go after oh man he's the great british bake-off come on guys kanye really it must have been a must have been a that. slow news week because yeah but <laughs> we're gonna go after these guys for making tacos yeah but hey Stupid. that's that's life i didn't have a problem with it but you know to, to each their own, I suppose. But uh, speaking of Kanye, yeah, Kanye is, he needs mental help. 
he is off the deep end and clearly shadow banned from public uh from the public i um i think he needs some time away from celebrity to get his shit together and um i don't know i don't think he'll recover from this this is a bridge too far you know the the tangent that he's been on it's it now that's offensive now that is yeah, without like that's legitimately yeah, yeah he's legitimately saying horrific violent and like horribly racist things about groups of people and it's just like yeah yeah what are you doing man yeah. but like i think um it's pretty common for people with severe mental illness to um, not uh, like clearly he has the money and the resources to get treatment and to be on medication, but it's very common for people with severe mental illness to not do the things they need to do to be well. And uh, he's clearly not well, that, doing the things he needs to do to be well. I think you we got to keep in mind as well that when you're at that level of fame, who's there to tell him no? There's a lot of these people who are so astronomically wealthy that they just have yes people all around them. And on top of that, you add a mental concern. A mental issue like that. I mean, not to excuse what he's doing or anything, but like there should be more people in his life, you know, trying to get him to the right direction unless he's completely alienated himself from from everyone, which, you know, at that point, that's also sad because he probably doesn't have anyone to turn to because of his, you know, his actions. Mm -hmm. But he needs help. He needs serious help. But it's a shame that that has to happen in the in the spotlight but yeah i mean he shouldn't be he shouldn't be rewarded for the things that he's but that's the only difference that's the only difference between kanye and the bipolar guy on the street is kanye has a microphone and millions of fans and he's doing the exact same racist conspiratorial shit that that mentally ill people do on the street to passers-by yeah. And, you know, the only difference is, is he's losing billion, literally billions with a B dollars because of his actions. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really not following that too much, but I think that um, the things that I know of the situation, there is no coming back for him uh, mm-hmm. from what he did. So I just... You know, I don't wish harm on anyone. I I just hope that he can get the mental help that he needs, but that he does that offline. Like yeah. he needs to fucking yeah, unplug. Somebody needs to pull him off the publicity circuit because yeah. And honestly, he shouldn't be in the mainstream anymore. Like I I think you're done. Like mm-hmm. if you're doing that sort of stuff, like yeah, the the world is hard enough. Nobody needs to be screaming. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, racist there's enough, uh, rhetoric. There's like enough that. like anti semites fueling each other's bullshit online. We don't need like the most famous person in the world also spouting that shit off. Yeah, but alas, that's uh, another uh, another shit show.
do you have something else on the on the list? We're just kind of burning through these. Uh, <laughs> well, Kanye wasn't on the list. Oh, oh, I'm but, sorry. Um, if you want to talk about the book, I think that might be a good time to. Yeah, to get I to um, it. I finished a book uh, this week called "The Witch's Heart" by Genevieve Gornacek. Um, it's a fantasy book um, based on Norse mythology. Um, and it's essentially about a witch or like a, um, yeah, a witch who her name is Angerboda and she, um, she's cast out of Asgard because she refuses to teach Odin a specific type of magic. Mm. And so the gods like cut out her heart and burn her on a pyre three times. Oh, savage. And uh, she lives um, and uh, she's kind of cast out into the world and um, she kind of is just like living her life and then Loki finds her and uh, delivers her heart back to her. And uh, they kind of like start a, re- a relationship and... Um, eventually fall in love and have children. And it's like this whole story, this whole arc of their their marriage and their relationship and um, the um, inevitable hurtling toward uh, Ragnarok, which is um, the destruction of the world and the gods, um, as portrayed in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, the book, um, the book had a lot of echoes of Circe to me. Why is um, that? It's a similar type of story. I mean, the witch who's cast out mm. of the of the um, well, in Circe's case, Olympus; in Angerboda's yeah. case, Asgard. Of the traditional. Yeah. Yeah. And then away from the community. she finds, you know, love in a a wanderer, a shapeshifter, <laughs> you know. Um and I don't know, it had a lot of the, those um type of themes. Um but it was an interesting an interesting story of like um you know, uh kind of rebirth, you know, like the character is reborn so many times physically and emotionally um, throughout her, you know, long time on earth. And um, so this story takes place over a very long time. Yeah. Like like millennia. Oh, okay. Yeah. A long time. Um, And uh, yeah, it was a really, it was a really good book. I enjoyed it a lot. And um, I think, the more I read stuff like that, the more I realize that maybe I do like fantasy, like the genre. <laughs> I don't know. Like for yeah. a long time, I was like, well, I don't really like fantasy, but I, I just like Harry Potter, you know, like, but now I'm kind of venturing more into that genre. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally, like in the, from the lens of like mythology. But yeah, I think that's a nice introduction for you because there's elements of the work that you've loved for a very long time. Uh, but I myself haven't gotten into, 
into that much fantasy, but it's always been interesting. It's always been, you know, something that, that I've been intrigued by, but I think you have your in, I think you'll continue to find books like that. And before you know it, you will be deep in realms that you didn't know you enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I think it was a good, it's a good book. And, uh, um, now I'm going to start reading a book called, Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Doerr. And that looks like a beast of a book. It looks intense and vast and yeah. full of uh, different perspectives. It looked cool. I read the yeah. the back of it, and that seemed like a pretty sick experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll report on that when I'm finished yeah. with it. Let's know. Are you going to tink to this one? Are you going to tink to the last one? Yeah. Do you even have a cup? I do. You do? Okay. Well, it's we glass go. too. Oh snap! There we go. First official tink of the night. Um, I think we got one more thing to talk about, right? Yeah, we could talk about. Because um, I got to work. <laughs> do you want to talk about Dune? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Dune. Speaking of of literary works that that maybe you didn't think you would enjoy. Uh, or at least stories that you didn't think you would be uh, attracted to. I, I'm i just going to set it up for you to kind of give me your thoughts. Dune, I, I read before the movie came out because I knew that it was coming, and Denis Villeneuve, is, is that how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. He's been a phenomenal director. He's done a lot of great movies, including Arrival, which was one of my favorite ones in oh, recent yeah. I forgot he memory. Did very versatile uh when he decided to do dune i felt like this is going to be special this is going to be great and i gotta tell you the book is a slog (laughs) the book is uh is a heavy very intricate and they're introducing a lot of stuff and the series goes on for a while it's remarkably interesting and dense. I like how, even though it's dense, there's a lot of things that you can take away with, and there's ideas of of commerce and and global trading, like oh, not even global, but intergalactic, intergalactic tra- trading. How small minded and human <laughs> of me to to do, but uh, you know, it feels earthen and lively and like a real world that exists. So to see it on screen was a very special thing but with that said i'm curious to know what your thoughts were because you've seen most of the movie now we kind of watched most of it in two sittings so what do you think are your main takeaways from that experience um it's a very rich world even from just watching the first move because it's going to be i'm assuming two two movies okay Um, just from having watched the movie, like the world is very rich and, um, the movie is able to convey that with, um, with so little exposition. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. the most remarkable thing about the movie is they're able to tell so much story with almost no exposition. And I think that's exposition in a movie is always kind of a downer like it's always (laughs) it always just takes me out of it when there's too much explanation of something of like the background and especially in science fiction I think that's really hard because 
you know, you're having, you're thrusting your audience into this world that is very foreign in a lot of ways. And Mm -hmm. it's easy to get, I think anyway, from my perspective, it's easy to get caught in the trap of over explaining things. And I think the movie, I haven't read the book, but the movie just thrusts you in and then kind of trusts you to figure it out. And if you, and it's, and it's okay if you don't understand everything, um, you either don't need to understand everything or you'll, it'll, they'll explain it down the road, you know, or it's insinuated. I think a lot of the power of the book is that you get a sense of the size of things, the stakes of, of what it is to go against the, the imperial powers. Mm -hmm. Right. And, the movie does that effortlessly with the visuals. I think they're they're just so phenomenal in the way that they built these worlds that you feel that the presence of the characters, they don't have to tell you every five seconds that this is the guy who's going to save Arrakis, but you get the, the, the weight of that foreboding. Yeah. Yeah. At I all think, times. I think like for me, the movie is so, um, Maybe it is. It's mostly the characters in a lot of ways that are um, conveying the gravity of the situation. Uh Um, You know, whether it's um, what's the Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah. You know, taking on the um, the burden of of Arrakis like. Right. You know, of, of being the steward of this planet now or Paul taking on this sort of ambiguous role with his mother, you know, of um, what what's the the Bene Gesserit uh-huh. um, and sort of the weird learning the ways of their yeah, like their yeah. weird, scary power, you know, <laughs> and like, I don't know, it's just all very um Everything seems very real. Established. Yeah. And like everything just has a weight to it that you're like, oh shit, like this is really serious. Yeah. (laughs) Like everything that's happening is really serious right now. Yeah. And I loved your reaction because we don't watch serious movies often anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't watch the kind of movies that is supposed to be a slog. I, I didn't know how you would react to this but the fact that after the first night i asked you if you wanted to keep watching and you were like yeah let's keep watching but in a way that like in your way of like i'm not going to tell you that i like it i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. reserve excitement and keep and keep watching it but i know that you were engaged and enjoying it yeah which was which was great which is surprising for me because science fiction's not my genre um and especially deep science fiction which i would argue this is as deep as it gets this Um, is the the one of the granddaddies i suppose yeah Yeah. and um i found i've i've heard some other like people you know like on podcasts or whatever people talking about dune and like it's a very divisive like some people are like so into it and other people are like, it's fucking boring, you know, <laughs> like nothing happens. And I can kind of see it from both sides because the movie itself, not that much has happened. I mean, 
obviously like there was some dramatic like that invasion was dramatic but mm-hmm. like for the first like 20 or 30 minutes of the movie like it's just a lot of like heavy staring <laughs> and like you know but it, but for some reason it's very compelling to me so i think it kind of obviously i think it's a little bit um dependent on how you're perceiving it but um i'm finding it very compelling so i don't find it boring yeah, and it continues to be. I think by the time you get to the end portion of it, everything will feel very much like it, like it was leading you to the right place. Yeah. And the way that they that they cut off this movie for the next one to begin, I thought was a really graceful way to do it because it feels almost like forgive me for making the most simple cheap comparison but it feels like fellowship of the ring Mm. where they cut it off at the right time even though you knew that yeah there's tons more to come it still felt like it didn't necessarily feel like a cliffhanger yeah yeah it felt like something had happened something had validated the hour and a half that you had sat through up until that time to yeah to experience the rest uh so that was that's pretty cool i think another reason that it's so um uh that i'm so invested is how strong the design choices are yeah like yeah everything in that movie visually whether it's the costumes or the the seat the set pieces or the you know even like the backdrop i mean they filmed this what in morocco yeah they were out there it looks like a desert fucking planet. Like (laughs) it looks horrifying and like with Wyoming winds. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like all the, the costumes are beautiful and, um, everything is so stark, Uh you know? And like the, and then on top of that, you add the performances and it's just like, the actors are amazing in this. Like Rebecca Ferguson is fucking killing it she's the best she's so good and like oscar isaac is amazing and i mean i'm not like a huge timothy chalamet fan but i think he's really he's really nailing that character yeah yeah and it's great because the casting is enforced i mean they weren't Mm -hmm. like we're gonna get the most famous people right Right. now and put them in this movie and somehow they made timothy chalamet but he looks like their kid yeah he He looks like he could be their kid which was impeccable casting yeah and jason momoa i think i thought was really well cast yeah as same Dun- with josh brolin duncan idaho which is the <laughs> funniest name dude when i read history. that the first time i was like that's a badass like yeah. i don't care what you what you say like it seems anachronistic even you know because it felt like an old west name thrown yeah. in there but it fit you know what you know? i think about when i hear that name i think um it feels like Someone named him after something that they'd heard about once. Yeah. Like he was like, like, I remember I read in a book once about a place called Idaho, you know, (laughs) like they had like read about earth at some point and like the state of Idaho and like, they were like, that's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Frank Herbert was from the Northwest, so I'm sure he had, yeah, he had some associations with Mm. Idaho and. I don't know that he was an a God. This is gonna get me in trouble. But like a um, scientist, 
geologist mm. maybe in those in those arenas so mm. maybe he was familiar with, mm. with some of that land um but coming back to design for a moment my favorite moment in the whole movie given that there's so many beautiful design choices in it was when the parade of the the empire comes down to uh to the atreides planet the water planet to give them the formal invitation. Oh yeah. To or or the call. Yeah. That design in the theater was one of the most fucking beautiful imposing things I've ever seen. Mm. It was like dark hues and black and then if, for whatever reason when he opens this this roll of of the ledger or whatever it was with the decree yeah. it's in black. And it looks so good. Mm. Like everything in the in in terms of like the color palette of that moment was incredible. Yeah. And the tension of it, of course, you know, yeah. with like the bagpipes, you know, and, and <laughs> like fucking oh, Hans man. Zimmer out the of his bagpipes. mind. Those bagpipes were wild because yeah. I've never heard bagpipes played like that before. Yeah. Like they were literally took something that like a such a stereotypically Scottish instrument. Yeah. And they played it like it's never been played in yeah. all the time it's been on this yeah. earth. Hans Zimmer was just like, we're going to use that, but we're going to make it sound crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was listening to this interview with Denis, the director of Dune, and he was talking about how I think he was he was being interviewed by Christopher Nolan because mm. they did like a talk back, you know, for the movie. And he was saying how everyone, you know, the the team was just amazing and committed to this but Hans Zimmer above all he went above and beyond and he said the moment we started talking about Dune he started working on Dune for years he's been working on it for two years and then he said you know he's such a madman he's probably still working on Dune <laughs> like after yeah. two years of the yeah. movie being done but now that they're back in production you know he's definitely yeah. gonna have to be working yeah but he outdid himself I think this is his best yeah the music is incredible yeah yeah, yeah. But the yeah, it, it's just a wonderful experience, and I can't wait for you to watch the end, and then maybe we can talk about it later. Mm -hmm. But uh, the second one's gonna be fucking lit. Yeah, I'm starting to see like they're they're releasing like promotional posters with the new characters, mm -hmm. and they had like the Emperor, which is played by Christopher Walken. Dude, there's a couple others that yeah. they've released so far, and I'm not familiar with the characters, but yeah, the Florence Pugh's gonna be in it. I don't know who she's gonna play, but I know she's gonna be in it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was another one that came out recently that I I didn't recognize, but yeah, but we didn't even talk about Stellan Skarsgård, who was oh yeah, incredible, he's disgusting, <laughs> and scary, and he's just floating with like his Ugh. massive weight. That was, was a, great. that was a He's, terrible scene too where well I won't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, don't don't spoil it just yet. <laughs> we'll brand, we'll label it, you know. Yeah, you were like time. you were like, Do you think our son should watch this? I'm like, No. <laughs> For one thing, he'll think it's boring as shit. And another, he'll be terrified. Yeah, there's some scary Those moments in there. Guard. Yeah. Like what? and the and the fucking forbidden butthole worm. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta disgusting. you gotta explain the forbidden butthole. Okay, so, so that <laughs> before I saw the movie, um, I was did you send me the meme? No, you sent oh, me I the sent meme. Oh, I sent it to you. Yeah. I sent it to you. There was a uh, like a picture of the worm, 
you know, coming out of the sand. And that's like the thing on Arrakis is they have these fucking sandworms um, that like hunt their uh, whatever, their machines. And they prowl the land. They prowl the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was like a, a meme of the worm. like The, the still. The, it was a still the, from the, the trailer. Of the mouth yeah. of the worm. And and I don't remember the context of the meme, but it was just something like they were calling it the forbidden butthole because it looked like a butthole with teeth. It was was a husband and wife who were watching the movie together and the guy's wife leaned over and said, that's the forbidden butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Horrific. 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 So if you needed a visual, there you have it. When we started watching it, I was like, the forbidden. And we laughed because you made a couple of, of things. This is the last thing we're going to talk about. Then we're going to yeah. sign off. But <laughs> you were making a note of how SpongeBob was like referencing oh my Dune God. like yeah. a million okay. times. So the <laughs> Okay, so the first thing that I noticed uh, that SpongeBob uh, took from Dune was the worm sign. Because uh-huh. when they're flying and they're they're monitoring for the worms for the harvesters she said we're looking for worm signs and i was like oh my god there's that scene where sandy's like she picks up like sand and looks at her hand and there's like a little like a literal like wooden sign in her hand that just says worm and she goes worm sign and then there's a scene where um one of the fremen has like hooks in her hands and she's she's stomping her foot to get the worms to come or she puts that thing on the sand to get the worm to come yeah and i'm like holy shit is she gonna ride the worm and uh <laughs> and i was like oh my god spongebob stole that too. <laughs> not stole but like but reference took, it, or, took yeah. it from doing i was like holy shit. <laughs> this whole time they've been making fun of they're not you know paying homage to dune with the alaskan bullworm that was so amazing. So and I love funny. that you got a kick out of it. Did you never just... did you never put that together or did No, because you... I'm an idiot. <laughs> I never thought about it. <laughs> so funny. Anyway. Uh, well, folks, uh, I hope that you go and check out Dune. We're gonna give Dune a tink because it very much deserves it. There we go. Did Dune win any um awards last season? It's coming out well, they the second the it came one. out this summer. Oh, it did? Yeah. Didn't it? I don't know. Oh, maybe it did. Dude, I'm so out of the loop on I feel like they won something last year. They won stuff. Like maybe music or... Are you serious? Did we already have the Oscars for this year? I think so. Oh, actually, yeah. They were nominated for shit. God, I'm like, where'd this year go? (laughs) Was Um, that the Will Smith Oscars? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So, look, we have Best Original Score. Good for you, Hans. Hans. won. Great job. Best Cinematography, Best Visual Effects, Best Production Design. There we go. Best Film Editing, Best wow. Sound. Is this nominations or wins? Wins. Holy shit. Um, How did we was, forget this? Um, the Slap. It's sci-fi, man. That's a, that's a big deal for sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. It was nominated for Best Picture... Adapted screenplay, costume design, and makeup and hairstyling. Did it? Did it win costume? No. Who no. Did, who won costume? Oh, I'd like to see this. It'll be like a drama, <laughs> period piece. 
Oh, of course it doesn't tell me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Cruella won. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there. But anyway. anyway well, that's uh, cool. I'm glad it got some recognition. Yeah. Despite the genre. All right. So we're going to leave you be, folks. Um, we hope that you have a wonderful time. If you have any thoughts, comments, or things that you'd like us to talk about, send us uh an, an email at our kids asleep at gmail.com feel free to air your grievances and you can also just text us if you have yeah phone just text numbers. us you you know us uh, if you have our phone number we thank you for your time we thank you for listening you're the best and we're gonna leave you alone <laughs> good night guys <laughs> good night